Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. By now, we have all read, seen, and heard about the electric truck and how it's poised to usher in a new age in the trucking industry. There's no shortage of information about the many benefits of the electric fleet. But what about the future ahead? As more electric trucks and components are implemented into operation, the conversation will shift from new truck purchases to scheduled truck maintenance, where there's quite a bit of uncharted territory. So for this episode, we'll ask, how are electric truck component manufacturers handling the future unknowns of the eventual part repair service? To answer that question, we'll speak with Tom Lincoln, National Field Sales and Service Manager with Dana Incorporated later in the show. But first, let's welcome our first guest, Highly End CEO and founder, Thomas Healy. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Mike, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this discussion and uh, sharing a little bit more about what we're up to and overall just this massive transformation towards electric vehicles. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. You know, I just want to say, Thomas, this is my first time talking to a CEO of a publicly traded company. And and also, too, you, you are all, uh, unless I am wrong and, and someone has surpassed you, you are the, the youngest CEO of a publicly traded company. Is that still correct? I think there might have been uh, a, an individual who's more recently come into the space that uh, that took over that title, but uh, but you are right. I did get that title when we first went public, and uh, now honored to, to be here on the show with you. And, um, and yeah, no, it's been a, a fun journey being a, a public company here over the last couple of years, and uh, being in this new space. And ultimately, it's been a, a tool for Hylion that's been invaluable to to let us really go grow this organization. I'm, I'm sure the the trucking industry and the logistics industry is. is is welcoming you and your, your company with with open arms. Your company, of course, you know, creates uh, electric powertrains uh, that can be augmented or actually replace diesel and natural gas powertrains. And you also deal with battery, uh, battery management systems and, and battery packs. Um, you know, one thing that I wanted to go into just before we kind of get into the, the maintenance of things, but just kind of the the, the whole sales side of it, and just um, and, and dealing with the you know, powertrains and, and battery packs, which which you do. You know, it's one thing to tell prospective partners about electrification and how beneficial it is to their fleets, but uh, what ultimately allows fleets and trucking companies to buy into the new landscape of, of EVs? What, what have you seen uh, being in this space? Sure. So, I mean, maybe just start off here, the, just kind of like the, the 30,000 foot, what's going on in, in trucking and uh, this, you know, shift towards electric. And the way we look to look at it is, Electric is happening. I don't think anyone's doubting that at this stage. Uh, you know, maybe a few years ago, you'd have some people saying, eh, is it really going to take place or not? But now I think everyone's bought in. Electric is going to happen. Uh, but the reality is, is there is not a one size fits all solution out there uh, that's going to be the future. I mean, we're kind of in a, in a weird way, we're fortunate uh, right now. It, diesel is kind of this one size fits all. Uh, you know that that's the the world today, but uh, and that's made it easy to adopt trucks in in this space. But 
the reality going forward is electric won't be that way. You're going to have different vehicles for short haul, final mile, then the long haul space. And the way we see it playing out is the, the industry is really going to bro- break down into two different buckets. You're going to have short haul and long haul. In the short haul space, plug-in vehicles make a ton of sense. Uh, utilize the grid, utilize that battery, uh, use, utilize that electricity to charge those batteries. And then when you look at the long haul space, though, the size and the weight of the battery packs and the, the load you need to put on the grid in order to charge them for traveling 500, 600 miles a day, it just doesn't work. The math doesn't work out. And that's where we see that long haul space really needs electric range extender vehicles, which is where we're focused. And you know, we see that there's various fuel types you can use. You can use natural gas down the road. You can use hydrogen. Uh, but I'm sure we'll dive into more of that as we go through this uh, discussion here. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, you know, it, it, speaking of that, you know, I definitely wanted to talk about the, the Hypertruck uh, Innovation Council and just kind of the collaborative effort. But I guess with this next question, you might lead into that. <laughs> but but uh, just in, in, in that sense, you know, as I was saying, when you were introducing a, I, I wouldn't say, you know, new, I mean, it's not, uh, I wouldn't even say fairly new, but like you're introducing this new a particular product, the, the electric vehicle to fleets. And, you know, it's, it's still, I mean, it, it's, it's bought, I mean, especially with the, with the electrical components, you know, they're, they're bought. And then you kind of, we're, we're kind of all entering into the space when we're talking about electrical vehicles into the, the, the maintenance side of things. And when these, you know, you, you know, these fleets are going to have electrical vehicles and the, the parts that are in them for a while. And I, I just kind of want to talk about those, uh, the, the phrase uh, famously said by Donald Rumsfeld, the, the known unknowns, <laughs> the potential known unknowns of maintenance Well, for, for this particular conversation. What, what are those types of challenges when it comes to electric trucks? Sure. And, you know, I think the first thing is just companies like ours realizing that maintenance is a huge thing for fleets, right? I mean, they, they can't sign up for a truck that's going to be sitting in the shop uh, every month with a problem. And, and so that's where, uh, as we bring solutions forward, we need to keep that in mind. And ultimately, you know, when you think about electric, the overall goal is these vehicles are less maintenance than a, uh, a normal powertrain. Uh, I'll give you a, a great example of this. Uh, when I bought a Tesla a couple of years ago, I was at the dealer and I, I asked the the gentleman, the salesman, he was, I was like, all right, so what's the, you know, the maintenance cycle that I need to be bringing this thing in on? And, you know, his response was just bring it in when it breaks. We don't have a maintenance cycle. <laughs> like, you know, if, if there's a problem with it, bring it in. Otherwise just keep driving. And, and that's really one of the neat things with electric is uh, there aren't those, you know, kind of wear and tear parts uh, that need to go through uh, consistent maintenance, maybe like a, uh, a passenger car or obviously a conventional uh, diesel truck would need to go through. So the other aspect of, uh, of electric, though, is, um, you know, the while there's less wear and tear components, uh, the actual way that these vehicles get fixed, I believe, is going to be different than a conventional truck as well. Like when you think about pulling in a truck today into a shop, the technician's going to dive in and really try to root cause the problem and actually fix that that specific thing. Like, you know, it's uh, the technicians are trained to really go fix a problem. I think going forward here, at least for the next handful of years, technicians are going to be asked to more do replacements of parts as opposed to actually fix the problem. So, for instance, you know, if you have a problem inside of your battery pack, until you have technicians that are fully trained up on how to service batteries and have the proper high voltage equipment, it's much easier just to do a replacement of that battery pack. Take and then you know companies like Hylion will take those components back, refurbish them, and uh, and have them as spare parts, as opposed to uh, you know 
having there be a uh, instance where a technician is actually opening up a battery. So uh, that's a, you know going to be a paradigm shift shift for this industry. With that paradigm shift, I mean, how far do you see that curve kind of getting to that particular point? I mean, are are we in the beginning of that curve? Are we in the middle? Uh, you know, I think we are just scratching the surface with electric vehicles. And when you look at it, I mean, the only electric trucks that are out there are really still prototype uh, pilot units. I mean, they are we are not in a, a society where we are full scale production. I, I'll actually yeah, I've used this before in some speeches. I, I say where, you know, the general public outside of trucking thinks that, geez, there's got to be, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of electric trucks out on the road. Everyone's talking about it. It's happening. That's not the reality. It's more, you know, it's almost like the the uh, the general public thinks it's already happened. Fleets are at a point where they want it today, but in most instances they can't get vehicles. And then suppliers are there saying, "Hey, I'm working as hard as I can to get these vehicles done to supply these this customer base." But you know, we're still going through the product development and testing and validation. It's not fully baked yet, and so it's it's kind of this mix. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. With those, some of the, some of the challenges you have there, and that's just with a perfect, you know, uh, business environment, meaning, you know, a, a, a well-performing supply chain, which, which we, we kind of don't have right now. Which so we that, don't have, <laughs> let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it just kind of, I mean, I mean, that, that kind of hampers things as well. I mean, that's, that's, that's sort of a, you know, the ghost in the system there. I mean, with, with, with those particular problems too, and, and you have this development that, that is coming, you know, it's not, uh, there's not too much resistance to that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, does that play a little bit into that or, or is this just kind of st- uh, full steam ahead with what you're doing? No, we're seeing supply chain definitely play into it across the board. Uh, we're seeing, you know, normally as crazy as this sounds, it's usually the the five dollar part that you know is uh, is the thing that when you get to go build the system, you're missing, and you talk to the supplier, and they say, "Hey, it's a 52 week lead time," and it's like, "Crap, what are we going to do now?" Right? And uh, and then you end up, ultimately end up sending it over to the engineering team. You say, "Hey, design this part out of it." or choose some other supplier to use. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's not just worrying about the batteries or uh, the motors. It's, it's every single line item in that bill of material you need to make sure that you've insured supply on. Uh, we saw a massive uh, issue recently with connectors, um, you know, and just shortages of connectors for wiring harnesses. And this is not just Hylion seeing this. This is uh, every automotive uh, manufacturer out there seeing it as well. So, uh, so no, it's, it goes down to the individual piece part uh, can disrupt the supply chain. And then the other thing, you know, that affects kind of our, uh, our going to market is uh, ultimately we need chassis and trucks to put our solution on. And as you know, the, uh, the backlog for new truck builds is enormous. I think we're out past 12 months, uh, you know, probably even north of that right now. And uh, for us, you know, it's, it's that a- aspect of 
getting the actual truck uh, for the hybrid system, you know, installing it after the uh, the OEM makes it and uh, and then getting it back out to the customer. Speaking of that and just kind of uh, dealing out with the, 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 the part shortage and just kind of uh, navigating through the, the components that you're selling and, and the services that you provide, the uh, your involvement with the, the Hypertruck Innovation Council and that collaborative effort, I mean, you, you have, uh, you know, four higher carriers such as Penske and, and Ryder in there, but you also have the, the private fleets as well, such as uh, Weekman's and uh, Anheuser-Busch. Um, just want to, you know, I just want you to talk about that just a, a little bit more, just kind of elaborate on, on that, um, on, on that collaborative effort and just kind of your expectations of what you want to achieve and, and working with those particular companies when it comes to commercial trucking. Yeah. So the, the thing we wanted to avoid was bringing a technology to market, having spent years developing it and then fleets to say, Hey, you didn't design this right. You didn't design this with the fleet, the customer, uh, in mind. And so what we said is, hey, the best way to get around this or to you know, make sure we don't do this is actually invite these fleets to come to the table with us and give us guidance, give us advice, give us suggestions as we go down this journey of developing this great product. And so we've had great interactions with these fleets. These fleets have you know, expressed interest in running the technology in their operations. Uh, many of them have come down to Austin, actually gone for rides in the trucks and experienced them firsthand. Some of them have actually brought the trucks out to their locations to let uh, you know, a broader group of their drivers actually be able to experience them. And the, the benefit is, is we get this feedback early on in the cycle of developing a product so that if they have you know, a suggestion, and I'll, I'll give you one to put an example to it, uh, we had we'd mounted our tablet inside the truck where we're given information to the driver and we kind of mounted it like up near the sun visor sort of an area. And uh, it's not something the driver needs to look at frequently, but every once in a while, take a glance at it. And one driver gave us feedback that he's like, hey, look, I wear bifocals and I can't go from looking at the road to looking up and uh, and then looking back down at the road. It, it doesn't work. It, uh, it messes with uh, my vision because of the glasses I wear. And so that's like invaluable feedback that we're getting on the front end that we can then go back to our engineering team and say, okay, we need a new location for this tablet. Uh, We need to make it more driver friendly. And that's only feedback you're going to get when you're actually working hand in hand with the customers. Well, it's great that you're you're working with with carriers on on, on this product. As you said, you know, it's, it's best to work with the consumer. Uh, you know, fir- firsthand when when you're developing these these particular types of services. Um, you know, one last question, Thomas, before I get you out of here. Uh, one, you know, one of the things you like you said previously, you had talked about the the thirty thousand foot view of things, and even uh, after afterward, you had spoken about just kind of the, the the maintenance of things and just kind of how things will be easier in the sense of instead of quote unquote fixing things, you could just replace them. Um, but I mean, but there's still uh, you know, a particular type of training involved when it comes to working with uh, electric trucks and uh, electric components. Uh, what do you see in, in the future with, with your company and in the, the industry, your segment in particular in general, um, where you see this is kind of the communication factor and the education a part of it too, of, of uh, working with fleets and, and teaching them, 
you know, the, the ins and outs of, of the, the EV maintenance of the, the products that you make. Uh, where, do, where do you kind of see that in the future? I mean, do you envision certain partnerships such as the Innovation Council or, 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 or a different particular route? So our approach or philosophy, it's not the same as everyone else's, but this is the way we're going, is trying to stay an asset light model, which means uh, we're going to leverage the existing uh, infrastructure already in place in order to really optimize our solution. And so from a service standpoint, that means partnering up, working with other providers who already have technicians, already have uh, locations all across the U.S. to be able to enable our solutions to be pulled into those service centers and be fixed. Now, the one thing that we see is going to be a big, big differentiator for us and uh, and likely just part of the, the future ahead here is going to be the software on these vehicles. Uh, what we found to be really, really interesting is through the data that we collect off these trucks, we can often uh, pinpoint what the problem is on a vehicle before it even gets pulled into a shop. Uh, you know, we're getting data feedback from all the different components on the vehicle, and we're looking at how are they performing? Are they working? Are they not? Are they overheating? Or are they not running at the right RPM or whatever the, the aspect might be? Uh, we get to see that all in the cloud remotely, and we actually get to diagnose these vehicles before they even get in front of a technician. So what we see is this is going to be able to allow us to improve the efficiency of service, because if you already know what's wrong with a truck before it shows up at a location, you can make sure that that location already has the parts needed in order to fix that truck and get it out back on the road. And then similarly, you can already tell the technician before they even see the truck what they're going to be working on, uh, what training they need in order to properly uh, you know, be able to make that fix. And then when they actually get their hands on the asset, it's a much faster process in order to get that truck out on the road. And as you know, this is an industry focused on uptime, right? It's all about asset utilization and keeping these trucks running. That's how you make money. And you know, if you can make service more efficient, and you're helping with that cost. Yeah, most definitely. The, the last thing they uh, that a fleet or a trucking company wants to see is a, a truck that's uh, on, on downtime and in, in, in the shop you know, versus being on the road, you know, making making revenue. So it's not making them money if it's sitting in a yard somewhere, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> We've been speaking with Hylion CEO and founder Thomas Healy. Thomas, it's been a pleasure having you on and thank you for making us smarter. <laughs> no, appreciate it and uh, look forward to many exciting years ahead and uh, in what should be a massive transformation for this industry. So exciting years to come. Transport topics in one word, authoritative. Knowledge. Outstanding. Reliable. We ask transport topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Oh, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. Welcome back to Road Signs. In addition to the discussion we're having about the development of electrical truck components and its maintenance, we have decided to bring along another Tom. But this particular Tom is from Dana Incorporated. He is the National Field and Sales service manager, Tom Lincoln. Welcome to the show, Tom. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Michael. Pleasure to be here. No problem at all. No problem at all. It's nice to have another Tom on the show as well. But yes, uh, getting into electrical vehicle uh, components and, and its maintenance, um, you know, one of the things uh, that I asked our, our previous guests, and I'm going to post it to you as well, 
it's just having, uh, you know, it's one thing that we have this newer technology of electric vehicles. And, you know, it's been, you know, it's it, it, kind of in our society, it's sort of that, that shiny object. And, and in this particular case, it's been shining for quite some time. So um, um, once we kind of get over that shine, we kind of have to talk about the maintenance of these of these components and just kind of what it would take. So my question to you is just kind of those uh, particular known unknowns when it when it comes to maintenance challenges and, and just kind of uh, encountering that over the, uh, you know, the, the thousands of miles that, you know, um, that, that, that takes place in, in, in the testing of, of, of trucking applications. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that and, and uh, what do you see in, as the potential of the, the, those unknown things when it comes to maintenance? Yeah, sure. So I, I, you know, as, as the question suggests, we're, we're talking about unknowns, you know, and, and uh, you know, like any, any major tier one component manufacturer and supplier, you know, we work with our partner OEMs and, and do extensive, uh, you know, durability testing, track testing, um, you know, but as you said, hundreds of thousands of miles that these commercial trucks are going to run over their life. Um, you know, there are things that are, that are going to happen that, you know, doesn't show up in testing that you can't plan for. Um, you know, and, and it takes time uh, to accumulate all those miles in, in a real world. Um, you know, so as we talk to, talk to fleet customers today, these, these unknowns are, are certainly on the, the top of a lot of their minds. Um, you know, we, we, we get that question a lot. Um, you know, you look at, uh, Battery electric vehicles in general, you know, we're, we're typically looking at that uh, uh, vehicles that contain, give or take, forty percent fewer moving parts than than uh, you know conventional diesel powered uh, truck. Uh, you know, we're talking about trucks that no longer have emission systems. Um, speaking specifically about Dana solutions, you know, if you look at what we have in the market today, we're typically talking about single speed direct drive motors, meaning we don't have any transmissions or gearboxes. You know, at a high level, the architecture of these vehicles is very, very, very simple. Um, you know, I, I think what we'll find over time is is that the powertrain itself is is going to be pretty reliable. You know, if you're looking at uh, you know the traction motor and and you know the inverter um, that drives the vehicle, I I, I, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna be pleased long term uh, with uh, with that solution. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think one of the, we have to acknowledge one of the things we haven't eliminated is wiring. Um, you know, if you look at the schematic for a typical battery electric vehicle, you know, I don't think you're talking about an architecture that's any more complex than a diesel powered solution today. Uh, I, I may even propose that, you know, you, you could likely have less external wiring, you know, meaning wiring connecting components uh, on a battery electric than you'd have on a, on a diesel today, you know, especially when you consider all the sensors and controls required for things like emissions and automated or, or automated manual or automatic transmissions or uh, electronically controlled engines. Uh, but, you know, you still do have wiring. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of components, new systems uh, that you need to connect on a battery electric vehicle, you know, auxiliary systems like, you know, electric power steering, uh, electrical HVAC systems, electric air compressors for braking systems, uh, DC to DC converters. Um, so, you know, I, I think we'll probably continue to see some of those similar challenges uh, to wiring uh, that we see on, on diesel powered trucks today. Uh, but, you know, I think we're, I think we're optimistic that, uh, hopefully it'll be on a smaller scale, uh, given the reduced complexity and the, you know, the simplified architecture of the vehicle. One of those things, Tom, so, Tom, that you were just talking about, you touched upon that, you know, the e-powertrain is that particular component, will that be much more, I, I wouldn't say, I want to say hassle. I, I say that for lack of a, uh, a, a term that's kind of escaping my head right now, but, um, the, the electrical axles or the, the, the e-powertrain, I mean, is, is, is there one particular, item in the electric space that that's going to be 
more of a concern versus versus others going forward when it comes to maintenance? You know, I, getting back to the simplicity of of the architecture, you, know, you, you look at the the you know, TM4 drive motors that uh, that we're producing and providing to a number of OEMs today. I mean, these are are non serviceable components. I say non serviceable. There's no no lubrication required. They do have a a cooling loop, and and you will have to you know at intervals uh, replace coolant, no different than you would in a in a uh, you know diesel powered vehicle today. But um, you know, there's no grease points. There's no uh, there's no oil uh, that needs to be be swapped or or uh, replaced over time. Um, so I mean, it's it's a it's it's really a sealed for life component. It's a it's a very simple, uh, straightforward component that. That, uh, just doesn't have a lot to it. Very, very few moving parts. Um, uh, so I think you know, looking just specifically at the at the propulsion system, um, again, it's 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 very simple. Um, you know, the the inverter that controls it is a, a solid state uh, uh, electronic device. Uh, you know, there's no moving parts inside of the inverter. Um, you know, like all inverters, it, it does have a, a set of isolated gate uh, bipolar transistors or, or IGBTs um, that do have a, a cycle life and, uh, um, you know, won't make it 20 years. Uh, but, uh, you know, their life will depend on, on you know, the route and the application uh, that they're that they're run in. But, uh, um, you know, they, 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 uh, they would probably be the one component that I could see at least in the primary drive system, uh, having, uh, having potentially a, a replacement at, uh, at some point in the vehicle's life. But, um, um, you know, even having to replace a, a, a set of IGBTs is, is a, a, a much, uh, much more approachable uh, position than, than having to replace a, an entire diesel engine. With that, you, you talk about, you know, the, um, I guess the, the lack of, uh, you know, actually going into that part versus, uh, you know, some like a diesel technician, um, you would go in and, and address certain components of a particular part where electrical, that, that role that the tech would play in, in that service and, and, and maintenance aspect of it will, 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 you know, change, you know, dr- dramatically on, on, on a large scale. Um, so what is, you know, what's Dana's approach to communicating those particular expectations to, to those, to those fleets when it comes to, uh, electric vehicle parts and, and maintenance? It, it, it's, you know, it's funny you ask, we, we've, we've been having this conversation, um, uh, more and more frequently, you know, of late internally and, and with customers and with some of our OEM partners, um, you know, if, if you look at the, you know, the modern, you know, kind of top tier technician at a, at a, at a, at a, a OEM shop today, um, you know, these technicians are, are, you know, very tech savvy, um, you know, they understand, you know, very complex, uh, uh control systems for, uh, uh, today's modern, you know, missions equipped diesel engines. Um, when you look at servicing and supporting battery electric vehicles, um, you know, it, it, the days of, you know, this, this vision of rolling your toolbox over and, you know, spending two days on three days on an overhaul, um, you know, that's not going to be the case, but the, the, the vision, the picture you, you might have of a, you know, technician sitting in the cab of a truck with his, with his laptop on running through, you know, different diagnostic uh, systems and programs uh, to understand, um, you know, the root cause of a, of a failure, um, uh, that, that is certainly going to be uh, part of the, um, the landscape with, with battery electrics. And I think those technicians that, um, you know, have strong diagnostic capabilities and skills today, um, are going to adapt, uh, to this, this space, uh, uh, very well, uh, really, you know, and, and, you know, just kind of taking a, a step back or a little bit higher level, you know, I think our approach in the battery electric space is, is really going to leverage what's worked for, for us on the conventional 
hard park side of our business for decades. You know, that means working closely with our OEM customers to ensure that, you know, their aftermarket's ready to support these solutions before production trucks hit the road. Um, you know, so they have, you know, these these component level service part numbers set up and they're released in the system. And that, you know, most importantly, that a dealer, the dealer network has visibility and access to those parts, you know, should they happen to see a battery electric truck in one of their shops. Um, you know, we're, we're also working with those OEMs on ensuring that, um, you know, those dealer technicians are, are trained uh, and ready uh, when these when these vehicles hit the road. So, I mean, our goal is really to, to, to leveraging our relationship and our history with uh, the OEM dealers. Our goal is to make the fleet service experience with battery electric solutions mirror that level of support and responsiveness that they they get from Dana today on their traditional axle and, and drive shaft uh, offerings. Uh, you know, again, we we're, we're I think we're all new to, to the battery electric space, but, uh, you know, people, organizations like Dana, we're not new to commercial vehicle. We're not new uh, to to the uh, ecosystem that uh, that these trucks are are operating in and, and being serviced and supported by. So we're, we're really trying to leverage that infrastructure and that that network and those systems that we've built over years, supporting our, our conventional hard parts and, and just, uh, um, you know, adding or adapting uh, those existing uh, systems to uh, to support our, our battery electric offerings. And adding to that infrastructure that, that you have already dealing in the commercial vehicle space, is that one of the, the, the pain points involved when you are talking to, to fleets uh, concerning parts and maintenance? I mean, or are those things that you mentioned that, that the aftermarket uh, aspect of it and, and working within the, the dealer network, making sure that the parts are there and, and the communication is there. Um, I mean, is, are, are those the particular pain points that, that have been addressed from the fleets that have spoken with you? Um, that's, that's, that's the concern I think we hear from fleets. I don't know if it's a realized pain point at, 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 you know, at this point in the process, but it's, it's, it's something that's top of mind for them. Um, you know, and it's, and it's, it's encouraging, I think, to a lot of the fleet customers that we talk to that, um, you know, as, as we have conversations with them and, and with our OEM partners that, um, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. In a lot of cases, our, our OEM partners aren't trying to reinvent the wheel. Again, you know, we've, we've uh, uh, as a component supplier and as our OEM uh, customers as truck manufacturers, you know, we've been been uh, you know delivering product into the space and and you know supporting these types of customers with conventional products for years. It's it's just a matter of of you know getting that uh, that structure that network ready for a new product. You know, it's 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 uh, um, uh, it's it's the same customers who are really performing the same job. It's just a uh, it's just a new tool that we're we're giving them, but there's there's no reason that tool can't use the you know the same structure and and, and resources that uh, that we've we've developed over years to support them today. You know, one thing, Tom, that I want to touch upon that you you have uh, mentioned was just kind of the simplicity of it and, and just taking this complex um, concept and, and and really breaking it down, uh, you know, just for the communication between you know your customers and and the the uh, the trucking professionals who who are going to have their hands on the you know the the e-power trains and the electric axles you know several years ago you know dana did release a training series you know concerning you know safety and maintenance uh, uh with evs and and geared toward the maintenance professionals um but you know as we just discussed you know the the ev segment has advanced since then 
and you know, and it's, and it's much more on the radar w- with the trucking industry than it, than, it, than it has been in previous times. So, you know, how, how has Dana kept up with those advances and, you know, to provide, you know, efficient training, you know, for, for your customers today? Yeah, I, um, I'm glad you brought up the, the series of, of uh, training videos. Yeah, we, we released uh, a series of short training videos and, and they were incredibly well received. A lot of positive feedback from uh, end use uh, uh, fleets, customers, as, as well as uh, repair shops. Um, you know, we're, we're continuing to develop content for those. Uh, I, I'd expect that you're going to see some more of those in the very near future. Um, again, very well received. I thought they were they were done uh, very well. Um, you know, more broadly, I think as as this you know market kind of continues to grow and, and Dana continues to expand what we're offering. Um, you know, I the technology is really shaping our business and it's also shaping our, our organization. Um, I don't, I don't know if you caught it, but we announced last year that we, uh, we opened a, a sustainable mobility center on our, our campus, our world headquarters in, uh, in Maumee, Ohio. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was really built um, as a, a, a primarily a, a development and technology uh, center for future vehicle programs. But, uh, but we also, when we, when we built that building, uh, we, we carved out space in the facility uh, to support live instructor led and hands-on on training. Um, so, you know, since it's opening, we've, we've hosted a number of OEMs and fleet customers, um, and we're, we're, we're looking forward to expanding, uh, the use of that, uh, that facility, um, to, uh, uh, to work more closely with our OEM partners and, and develop some, some additional battery electric content for some of the specific truck platforms, uh, that, uh, that we're working uh, jointly with them to release, um, you know, and in addition to that, you know, the 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 OEMs themselves are 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 building out um, training modules for for their dealers, technicians, and their customers. Uh, we're supporting them as as uh, as they build out uh, uh, build out those those programs, and you know, kind of similar to to our approach with with aftermarket. Um, readiness, you know, we're, we're leveraging and they're leveraging tools and, and structures that they have in place to support their conventional products. So, you know, if you look, most of the OEMs today have, have developed great, uh, great training tools, great uh, training programs uh, for their, you know, their legacy diesel uh, products today. Um, and and the, the, the go forward plan for a lot of these OEMs is to, to leverage that, that existing structure, that existing uh, uh, platform uh, to support training and development of, of dealers and customer technicians and battery electric solutions. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that's the thing that, uh, you know, I, I keep coming back to is, um, you know, Dana as, as well as our OEM partners, you know, we, we've, we've, we've built a lot of great tools over the years to support our conventional products. And, you know, I think our vision and a lot of our OEM uh, partners vision is to, to leverage what we have and just, you know, add the, add the content and the resources specific to battery electrics, but, uh, um, you know, take advantage of, of, uh, of, of what we built over the years. You know, it's really vital to, to be well positioned, especially in this particular time when uh, EVs are, you know, we're, we're kind of going past the, the introduction phase on this and, and really kind of getting into implementation and, and then soon after get into that, that, that maintenance space and just try to figure out, uh, you know, the, the best use when it, when it comes to, you know, the OEM and, and their partners, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, it's going to, uh, you know, transform just the way we see, uh, the, the, t- the tech space when it comes to commercial vehicles at, at large. We've been speaking with Tom Lincoln, a national field sales and service manager with Dana Incorporated. Now, Tom, it was a great pleasure 
speaking with you and you know thanks for making me and our listeners very much smarter <laughs> well thank you michael i appreciated it uh, uh appreciate the time and uh have a have a great day did you know you can ask alexa to open transport topics in just one minute you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How are electric truck component manufacturers handling the future unknowns of eventual part repair service? First, a huge thank you to both Tom Lincoln and Thomas Healy for joining us in addressing the future of electric vehicle maintenance. As we heard from both of them, the future of electric is definitely bright, but not too bright to notice the blind spot of eventually maintaining electric trucks. The common theme communicated by both men touches upon not only methods and process, but the landscape of maintenance itself. With technology such as telematics and automation already ushering in a phase in truck repair where a wrench is replaced with a tablet, the soon wave of electric fleets will change the what and how a technician fixes. And with the collaborative work, for instance, from the Technology and Maintenance Council and the Hypertruck Innovation Council from Hylian, there's plenty of groundwork in motion to make the future unknowns of electric truck scheduled maintenance known. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.